0: Welcome back to Self Life. My name is Ani Baker. This is the podcast where we practice lovingly prioritizing ourselves so that we can feel good in our own lives and feel good about our own lives. I am practicing this for the very first time in my life, and I'm bringing you along with me, giving you some tips and pointers, because it's a really big shift i was listening to an interview the other day with kelly clarkson and she talked about being raised religious and how being raised religious gives you a servant's heart and she had that and so she stayed in her relationship she doesn't go into it too deeply what happened between her and her ex-husband but she does talk about like how broken she was and how much crying she was doing and how long she stayed And how much she put up with because of the servant's heart that she was taught to have by religion. And I related to that so much. I wrote it down so that I could talk about it today. It is so much a part of the theme of this show and of my life. You know, like I think being of service is beautiful. And I think we all thrive when we do put ourselves in positions to serve others in this life. It's fulfilling. It's life-giving. I think more of us need to be of service to each other all the time. But then there's also a danger to it. It really sets you up for, it can set you up for exploitation and it can set you up to stay in abusive situations longer than you should. And I've been saying that every episode so far. And it was amazing to hear her bring it up in a, a Zane Lowe interview. And it's a perfect segue into talking about what I want to talk about today, which is unlearning Christianity. For me, it was fundamental Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity, but unlearning basically several religions teachings on the LGBTQ community and on trans people. I couldn't let Pride Month go by without talking about this because it is such a Loaded subject for me personally, and also for this country right now. So many people are being persecuted and are in constant pain because of religious brainwashing that teaches us that there are only a couple very specific ways to be a human being. And if you, you know, step outside of those ways in any way, shape, or form, then you're bad, you're going to hell, you're an abomination. It's really dangerous. It's really impactful. It's another example of how powerful the marketing of Christian fundamentalism (laughs) – why am I having trouble saying that word? Christian fundamentalism has incredible marketing. And hatred of gay people and trans people is a byproduct of that marketing. Yes, it does trace back to the Bible, but Christianity is not the only religion – that persecutes people for being anything other than a couple certain ways. I want to talk about my journey. I'm going to have to keep using the word, okay? Unless you have an, another word that's that means the same thing and that sounds more updated. I'll take it. I'll take suggestions. But for now, it's journey, okay? My journey away from a fundamentalist Christian, which I didn't even start getting away from or educating myself out of until I was 23 about. So my journey from being a fundamentalist Christian who wholeheartedly believed that if you were gay, you were going to hell, and now I'm on the total other side of those belief systems, and I look back at those belief systems, and I look around At American Christian culture, and I see how those belief systems are just so perpetuated and seemingly have fuel to carry humanity into our last days. And I find that the hatred and bigotry toward the LGBTQ community is getting worse and worse and worse, especially since Trump was in office. Putting somebody like that in power really, really gives bigots fuel. And I want to talk about what it was like living most of my life believing that gay people were going to hell because God said so. And then what the difference is between this headspace that I occupy now, which is I do, I'm an agnostic. I absolutely believe in a higher power. I'm spiritual. I talk to my guides and my angels. I talk to my ancestors. I, I I'm connected to the divinity of the universe and the power of the individual. And I believe in magic. You know, I I believe in the magic of this place that we're at, that we are trying desperately to explain and understand, but had no hand in creating, right? Like I believe in that. I just don't believe in any certain religion. As of now, I pick and choose from different belief systems and just cling to various cultures' ideas of what spirituality is and what it can do for you. And there is no one doctrine that I subscribe to anymore. I honestly don't think I ever will again because of how hardcore the Christianity that I was raised in was. I was just taught that I was right and there was no question about it and like no other information was allowed to contradict in the type of cult cult church, cult household that I grew up in. I am hesitant now to ever claim that not even that i'm hesitant i will never claim again that i know for a fact the way that something is the way that something should be or the way that things should be for other people my beliefs do not dictate your beliefs at all my beliefs are my own and they exist for me so that i can have a nicer friendlier time on this earth my beliefs fuel me i no longer believe that just because my beliefs work for me must mean that they have to work for everybody else on the face of the planet it doesn't make any logical sense but fundamentalist christians evangelical christians believe that especially evangelical i was raised evangelical as well which if you don't know what that means means to evangelize so you are you are called to evangelize which means spread the good news so in the episode where i read the emails from my mom in the last conversation that we had before I cut her off you can go back and listen and you can you can go on my patreon and see the emails yourself if you'd like but you can see an example of a christian saying this works for me and therefore it is the truth for everyone and everything she says that directly and that is just very foolish it's naive it is a lack of education it is the byproduct of living in a bubble and coming into contact with only A handful of people for several years and those people don't differ from you in any way shape or form it's really easy to believe that you have the answers when the exact same answers are being echoed to you by your tiny 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 community and you never branch outside of that you're never meeting people that have different genders different sexualities different belief systems that look different than you that have experienced things that you haven't like the type of Christianity, the church I grew up in was a tiny bubble, like truly on a good day. My church had like 30 people that would show up. Okay. It was the smallest bubble ever. And I for one wasn't allowed to socialize outside of that bubble. Everybody that I was close to was like dictated by my mom and they all had to be Christians too. And they had to be, you know, well, we were strict Methodist Christian, but our church wouldn't claim that. Our church liked to say that they were non-denominational and that they just preached the Bible and that they just cared what Jesus said, you know, but they were Methodist. And they actually, the church I went to was forced to change its name about halfway through my childhood because it used to be called High Desert Wesleyan, which was an ode to John Wesley, who is like the founder of the Methodist's sect of christianity i didn't know that i was methodist growing up i was fed the we just preached the bible we just preached the truth we're non-denominational but in reading about methodist christianity in my adult like since i've gotten away from it i'm like okay yeah that's exactly what it is like the the very very like super duper strict christianity like anything that's not directly coming from christianity is of the devil everything about my life and my expression and my desires and my thought processes and what I did with my time and what I read and what I listened to and where I went was all dictated by the church. And the answer to everything was no, you know, unless my desire was to read the Bible all day. The answer was no. And that is strict Methodist Christianity. Something I find interesting about a lot of the documentaries that come out that have to do with what is being presented as like extremist Christianity is that it's just really extremist Christianity, like the Duggar documentary, like keep sweet, pray and obey those extremist harmful behaviors from communities like that are present in just your average white bread Christian church down the street in America as well. There might not be a preacher who has 13 wives But there definitely is a preacher who's going to tell you that, yeah, the Bible says that homosexuality is an abomination and gay people are going to hell. The preacher is going to tell you women don't have a right to make a decision about their own bodies or whether or not they want to be a mother. Like a woman has a duty and if she's having sex, well, then she better be a mother. Not true. So many women shouldn't be mothers, (laughs) my mom included. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to be a mother. I revel in my right to choose. That's the one area of my life that I have such certainty about. Is that I never want to be a mother. And it makes me feel free and it makes me feel safe every single day, knowing that I do not have to bear a child if I were to ever accidentally get pregnant because it would be an accident. I've never been pregnant, but if I did get pregnant, I would have an abortion. Now, here's the thing I used to believe that. Abortion was like, if, if someone talked about abortion in front of me, I would like cry because our church would put on these huge like anti-abortion days where we'd have to look at little miniaturized versions of like how big the fetus is when you're murdering it and it's murdering children. And I used to be on street corners with my congregation with signs, you know, like probably in front of an abortion clinic. I didn't realize where we were because I was a child when I was called out to do these things in like with my church on the streets, but we would hold signs and picket abortion clinics and cars would drive by and some would honk and others would hold. I remember a car drove by and held a wire hanger out the window and I was like, what was that? And my mom was like, They want to kill a baby with a wire hanger. That's what that means, those evil people. Again, marketing, you know? Like, yeah, if you call a woman's right to choose whether or not she wants to be a mother, whether or not she wants that to be the outcome of having sex, which is her right as a human being and an adult, like, if you call that choice murder of a baby, well, then you just got, it's so easy to get so many people on your side like, oh, yeah, I don't want to murder babies. That's literally the worst thing I've ever heard of of course I don't stand for murdering babies that's not what abortion is abortion is health care and absolutely a decision that should be able to be made by a woman who's not ready to raise a child because not being ready to raise a child or not wanting to raise a child and having to it's no good for her and it's no good for the child it is a life of suffering and I had to do so much work to unlearn everything I was taught about abortion, everything I was brainwashed to believe about what abortion is and what it's for and what it does to you. I mean, we would talk so much at such length about like how much women grieve after they make that decision because they don't know what type of mistake they're making and it haunts them every day forever. And that's what God's trying to save you from. I have friends who have had abortions who don't have that belief system and I'm here to tell you it's not true. It can be, I'm not saying that there isn't guilt associated with that decision. There's guilt associated with a lot of decisions we make in life. But I know so many people who have had abortions and their thought about it, the majority of the time, 99% of the time is, thank God, I wasn't ready for that kid or I wasn't ready for another kid. Like, that's another thing I think people need to remember. So many women who have abortions are already mothers of other children. They're just like, I just can't, Take care of yet another one. Children are exhausting and really expensive. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I'm of the belief that way fewer people should be parents than our parents. That's a totally other episode. I do want to do an episode about not having children because I think it's a truly heroic choice. But today is about the belief system of Christians and how it harms people who are born gay or who are born transgender. There are a lot of no-no's when it comes to Christianity. You, you don't do this. 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 The things that you do, you show up to church, you tithe, you know, you give 10% of your income and you fellowship with, with fellow Christians and you evangelize, you, you spread the good news as much as you possibly can. And it's not the Christian church, The type of Christian church I grew up in, it's not a community that's fostering thinking or educating oneself or reading or exploring or even living. It actually fosters quite the opposite. It tells you, here's your list of rules. Here's what to do. Here's what not to do. That's the whole story. Everything you need to know about life and people and relationships and the universe and the afterlife and where you came from, it's all in this one book, okay? That's thousands and thousands of years old. And everything that's been written since then that's not about the book, you can disregard. They don't care about any updates in human evolution that have happened since the Bible was written. Christians and Christianity teach you, like, here's your book of answers, don't question it, and then just coast. Like, there, you don't even have to, you're encouraged not to do more learning. You're encouraged not to ask questions. When I had questions about the logic of certain stories, for instance, my family, my church were biblical literalists. That means there are a lot of Christians who read the Bible and they say there are beautiful metaphors in here. You know, these subjects, these stories can really be dissected and interpreted in ways that are helpful. You you know, like there are good life lessons in that book. There are some Christians that approach Christianity that way. Then there are other Christians, like the ones who raised me and the ones that filled the church that I went to that are like every single thing in the Bible literally happened. None of it is just a parable. It's not a metaphor. These aren't just stories. This is fact. For example, they believe Noah's Ark really happened. They believe that two of every single animal on earth, which would include all the animals under the ocean, which also includes, mind you, insects, okay, birds, two of every living creature crossed all the oceans, even the animals that can't swim. They really did. Animals knew to come from all four corners of the globe and meet at Noah's Ark, and they all Got onto the ark willingly. All the animals—they all got along. Even the ones who typically are prey and predator, no, nope, they're best friends on the ark just for a time because God wanted to remake the world. When you ask a biblical literalist, like, how is that even possible? Logically, geographically, what about the animals who can't swim? How did the all, all the animals get the memo? Like, would you even be able to recreate a modicum of that? now, they will just say, that's where you have to have faith. God can do anything. Logic, logic is not welcome. Logic is not invited, okay? It's whatever the book says is what's true. Don't think about it. Just believe. That's a very, very dangerous foundation to build your life upon, and it leads to you having a lot of beliefs and having a lot of fear and having a lot of hatred for a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense. And I also thought about in preparing for this episode, should I use Bible verses to basically contradict the idea that homosexuality is an abomination, but you know what? That is a book written by people. That's all it is to me now. It is not holy. It is not sacred. It is a book written by people about their beliefs. Wonderful. They don't have to be my, be my beliefs and they are not my beliefs. So I'm not going to use that same book to prove my point or disprove anything. I just don't reference the book. That book to me is obsolete and also really dangerous. Like I hate what that book does to people. I hate that that book emboldens people to go into target and destroy the apparel section and scream and yell because it's something you read in the old dusty book like it's embarrassing that book leads to anti trans laws being passed all over America, especially Florida, that cause people so much pain that they would rather kill themselves than live another day as who they really are there is so much pain and suffering and destruction and in practice hatred that comes directly from that stupid fucking book so i want to ignore the book i'm going to talk about where i'm at now and i'm just going to compare my headspace now my nervous system now my life now to my life then when i held the beliefs that all gay people were going to hell when i held the beliefs that all trans people were going to hell and that god designed two genders and those genders have to be with one another. And then they they can't have sex until they get married. And then once they get married, their whole job is to, you know, procreate like that very, very rigid and myopic view of the expansion of humankind. I'm not interested in it anymore, but I will compare where I'm at now with then. I'm just not going to use the Bible to do it. The Bible has two, this old fucking book. And that's the thing too, like people who follow the Bible, you've got updated everything else. Your tech is updated. The fucking news you read every day is constantly generated. The other books you're reading are probably the 10th, 11th, 12th edition of that book. Like we are constantly learning as a society and growing and adding new information to our repertoire. Like scientists are out there discovering how shit works actually right? The people in the Bible wrote these stories to explain all of this shit because scientists didn't exist yet. The scientific method hadn't been practiced yet. They were telling stories to each other to try to create order within a society and to explain these existential questions to themselves and to each other. And that's so great. I'm so glad they did that but we've learned so much since then. It's like, it's the getting stuck on these antiquated ideas that just doesn't make any sense. Like why would we take our advice on how to live our life today from something that was written by people alive thousands and thousands of years ago? Like you probably already feel like you can't really relate to your grandparents because they just lived in a totally different time. They're not gonna understand the ins and outs of like the pressure of being on Instagram or whatever it is. You know like because so much changes so quickly truly every single day at this point because we're in the information age so the fact that people are still like no it's this one book thousands of years old is really silly to me i'll just say that first and foremost it's silly and i do trace back so much of the bigotry in this country to that fucking book because it i mean bigots trace it back to that book i want to talk about what elon musk tweeted the other day about how cis, the word cis, which is short for cisgender, is going to be treated as a slur on Twitter. Elon Musk, uh, the scum of the earth, I couldn't loathe this man more. Well, I probably could. I think I loathe Donald Trump a little bit more than Elon Musk. But they're close, okay? He tweeted that the term cis, which is short for cisgender, is going to be seen as a slur on the Twitter platform. Also, you need to remember that elon musk has a trans child so every tweet that he sends out about how pronouns are lame and cis is now considered a slur on twitter is a direct attack on his own child which is something to keep in mind and is so 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 sinister because imagine being that child you're just trying to be who you are. Your dad is rich and famous and evil and doesn't accept you. But not only does he not accept you, he lets the world know constantly that he doesn't accept you. And he makes your life actively harder by doing that and encourages everyone else to make trans people's lives actively harder by doing that. Because the people who follow Elon Musk are like little puppy dogs who just want to mimic him, you know, or follow him around. I guess puppies don't really mimic, but do you know what I mean? Like, they're just like, whatever you say and do, I'm going to do that too. It's sad, and it's embarrassing, and it just shows his ass for being an undereducated fucking rich fool because that's what he is. So this is for Elon. I know he listens to this podcast. Elon, you're confused, and I understand that. It's easy to get confused. There's a lot of information out there to keep up with, okay? And also, I want to say, I understand that the word cis, which is short for cisgender, which is spelled C-I-S gender sounds a lot like the word cis which is short for sissy which is a derogatory term or maybe even a slur if you will that you would call somebody who appears to be weak okay but just because the words sound alike doesn't mean they're the same that's called a homophone when two words sound alike but are different words The term cisgender, all that means is that those people, folks who are cisgender, are born with the external sex organs that match their gender expression. Because that happens sometimes. People who are born with a penis and testicles want to act and present as what our American society deems a man eventually will act like. And you can come up with what, you know, those stereotypical male behaviors are. Young boys are interested in trucks and cars and they like to fight and they like to get dirty and they like to be rough and tumble and they like to wear blue and red. That is a very general idea of what our society says that boys who are born with male genitalia have to act like. When there is a girl who is born with female genitalia and she feels like she wants to express herself like girls do in American society, in air quotes, Like, girls play with dolls, and girls are sweet and kind, and girls wear pink, and girls don't like to get dirty. And there are girls who are born that way who do adhere to the gender stereotypes of what our society says the girls have to be. But another thing that happens is people are born with male genitalia, male sex organs, but they feel more drawn to the gender expression of girls. So they might have a penis and testicles, but they want to wear dresses and they want to hang out with the girls and they want to do just things that our society tells them that they're not allowed to do because of their sexual organs. That's why your sexuality is a different thing and a different conversation than your gender. Your gender isn't about your sex organs. Okay, no one has to talk about what's going on in anybody's pants when we're talking about gender. Gender is just how you present yourself, how you dress, how you behave, what you're into. And in America, we have the female gender, we have the male gender, we have non-binary, which means you don't really identify with either or. You're somewhere in the middle. You don't really feel right calling yourself a girl. You don't really feel like right calling yourself a guy So that's what they, them is for. Really not hard. It's so easy. It's a word you already know. One syllable, you already use it in your everyday life constantly. Very, very simple. Those people, they can use the the identifier they, them. It's not a right or wrong thing, it just is. This is a, a very vast and expansive and unknowable universe. I mean, there are so many things we know about the universe, but there are so many things that we still don't know and that we're always discovering and the main thing that i've learned from being a fundamental being raised as a fundamentalist christian and then using my own brain and reading and expanding my mind is that it makes so much more sense logically to observe what is happening rather than have a very narrow idea of what should happen and then punish every single person that's ever born that doesn't adhere to your narrow mindset. When I see people online who are like there are only two genders, it's man or woman, pick a lane and stick to it. Transgender people shouldn't exist. This is an abomination. I always want to just be like and and who are you? How do you know? I'm sorry. Are you are you like on the board of the universe? Like how do you know what people should and shouldn't be. I get that you were taught that you know, I get that. But like, have you ever pulled back and just been like, oh, I'm just here. I was born. I didn't do this. I didn't put myself here. When I die, I have no idea where I'm going to go. I don't remember where I was before I was born and I really have no sure way of knowing where I'm going afterward. I'm just bumbling through this universe that existed before I was going to be here and will exist long after I'm dead and learning about it. Why do you think that you know how people should express themselves? Why? Like, the, the human body is such a complex machine that builds itself inside of a woman's womb. Like, none of us did that. We are here to experience and to learn and observe. We are not here to bring the gavel down on what we think is right and wrong for other people that we will never meet. It doesn't make any sense. Why do you think that you have authority or complete understanding of the broad spectrum of humankind? You didn't do any of this shit. You're literally just here through no work of your own, okay? (laughs) Like, and I but here's the thing the answer to that for somebody who is a Christian, let's just use Christians as an example, because I can speak to that from personal experience, is that they would just say, well, God, God, God knows, and God said so. And so that's why I believe this. It's just that God didn't. The Bible was written by men. And and the fact that that you've been conditioned to believe that this one book. That a bunch of people contributed on thousands and thousands of years ago is the one time that God spoke through men. And that is the blueprint forevermore. Like you've just been told a fantastical science fiction story. You know, like I like when people call the Bible sci-fi because it's not it. Those are those are stories. Now, here's the thing. I can't talk anybody out of their belief system. I had to crawl my way out of the mire of Christianity little by little, you know, over the course of 15 years, and I'm still unlearning things, and I'm still learning things as well. I often think about, like, how do you get through to Christians? Because part of me feels like it's so important that we do get through to Christians because Christians are the ones voting Donald Trump's into office. Christians are the ones making laws that cause harm to harmless people. You know, Christians are the ones making other people's lives absolutely miserable when they shouldn't. And so I want to figure out how to change their minds. And I think like, well, I changed mine. How can I speak their language? But the thing you have to understand about Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity, evangelical Christianity, is you are indoctrinated, which just means the moment you walk through that door, you are fed propaganda And just the same information over and over and over again, you're told not to question it. And also it's presented to you as the answer you've been looking for. Christianity preys on damaged people. It preys on sad people. It preys on people who have hit rock bottom and want to die and feel like they have nothing to live for. And Christians will swoop in and be like, oh my God, come to my church. I will give you what to live for. You never have to think again. God has done all the thinking for you. Come here. You're safe here. You're chosen. You're forgiven. Your suffering is over. Such a lie that is still perpetuated. Your suffering is over, and all you have to do is abide by these rules, and your life is going to be Christ-like from here on out. You are now the chosen one, but also, you know, being the chosen one means you have to believe that people who have different mindsets, are not chosen like you are. And it's very narrow-minded because this is a very big world with a lot of different types of people and a lot of different cultures and a lot of different religions, and they all think that they're the right one. That's fine, I guess. That's just the ego of of the human. But I just, at this point, looking back at that mindset, I think – this mindset just makes so much more sense like we have such little power here on earth like none of us made a fucking tree you know what i mean like we can make computers but none of us made the sky or the ocean we didn't make ourselves we don't know shit this isn't ours it, it exists and therefore we study it and we need to be constantly learning about what is present in this existence and saying that there are only two ways to express yourself as a human being to me just doesn't make logical sense but people who believe that are most likely hanging out with a group of others who are just like them who express themselves in the same way they're all wearing the same bad outfits they're all listening to the same terrible music they're all reading the same parables over and over they're all watching the big bang theory like they're all actually Maybe they wouldn't watch The Big Bang Theory. Would that be anti-Christian? They're all watching Seventh Heaven. (laughs) Seventh Heaven and Touched by an Angel. Those were huge in my house. They're all doing the same thing. So for them, it is really easy to believe that that expression should be so narrow. Because another thing that Christianity is based on is fear. In my experience, Christians are so afraid. They are so afraid of everything. They are people who, because of that fear, turn towards something that promises to wash it all away, that promises to answer all their questions and to be a one-stop shop to end their pain and doubt and suffering and confusion on this earth. Fearful people do not respond well to others that are different from them, especially others who are outwardly expressing something that garners attention. For the most part, Christians like to be quiet and reserved and follow the rules. They don't like to attract attention to themselves unless they're proselytizing. And so because it's a strength to be able to express your gender in an out loud way, whatever your gender is because it's a strength to express yourself because it's a strength to tap into your energy and to be fearless and to be confident and to explore. And it's a strength to constantly lean into like what's coming up for you and and who you really are and, and to discover that like that there is so much strength in that, that Christians are disempowered from seeking out. The main thing about Christianity is it outsources all of your power to a god you are powerless god is powerful you are nothing without the lord god has everything you need you don't know what's right for you god knows what's right for you it disables you from connecting to yourself you're constantly taught you can't trust yourself you can't listen to yourself you are a dirty sinner who is nothing without this book and this god and this belief system So it's disabling communities of people from listening to themselves, from trusting themselves. It's telling them how to feel about others. And they are blindly following suit. They are being trained to be hateful to anybody that's different from them. And, you know, I'll speak for being a a white former Christian in America. Christianity in America is for white straight people and white straight people have a pretty bad track record <laughs> for how they behave and how they treat others. You know, I'm fully of the belief now that sexuality is a spectrum. I I am bisexual. I identify as bisexual. I've had bisexual experiences. I am a bisexual person. I w- didn't know that when I was still a practicing Christian even i was in situations to explore that part of myself and i had so much fear around it because of my because of what i was taught to believe about the way that i feel i now believe that you know way more people could very easily explore their sexuality which would lead them to having experiences with people of the same sex if they were emboldened to do so you know if the the conversation around sexuality and gender could be defanged and just taught as a part of being alive and being a human. It's, it's such a softer life to just observe oneself and witness what's coming through and nurture it and love it and express it. Like that is the way, that is in my opinion, the real path to a happy, peaceful, joyous life. Christianity says the only path to a happy, peaceful, joyful life is God and the Christian Bible and you following the 10 commandments, you know, but it's not like in my experience, Christians are not happy and they're not peaceful. And I'm not going to say they're not joyful. Okay. But to constantly be walking around thinking that you're surrounded by sinners and that everybody who's slightly different from you in any way is dangerous and you have to stay away from them. And also it's, your job to change them and stuff like that's not a peaceful life. It's a very barbed life. Like when I believed that I was terrified all day, every day of everything. And everyone just in practice, the lifestyle fucking sucks. And the headspace now of like, I don't fucking know anything. I understand why religions exist. I understand that they're helpful to some people. I don't subscribe to any specific one anymore. I'm very interested in spirituality and I'm very interested in tapping into my own power and emboldening myself to be the creator of my own life. I didn't. I don't think I created myself. Like I know that there's a power bigger than me. That's my belief system. I just don't think it's the white Christian God. It's not Jesus with long blonde hair and blue eyes. Jesus was a Middle Eastern man who was a troublemaker who was like popular for three years before he was executed. He. He's not the image that, christians push on white people at all and i think about this so much because my background is in education and my work incorporates education to one degree or another and i want to continue to educate and one of the areas of need right now is to get all of the bigots to stand down and let trans people express themselves because literally it's no skin off your back And I don't know how to do that. And I think about it all the time. When you are told from day one of this new community that now you're the shining star, also when you give your heart to the Lord, like if you're at a church And they say, is anyone in the audience, like, does anyone want to come up here and give their heart to the Lord today and just like have the perfect life from here on out and all your troubles will be solved and you will be renewed and you will never have to doubt or worry again. Like it's this, it's, it's again, great marketing. None of it's real, but the people that are like, yeah, me, I want to go do it. And they go, down at the altar and they give their heart to the lord there is such a big hullabaloo around that the whole congregation comes and hugs them everyone goes out to lunch that person all of a sudden has so many new friends who are just fawning over them telling them like you are so smart you have made the right decision and your troubles stop today how does it feel how does it feel to have your troubles stop today like those people are brainwashed from the very beginning christianity love bombs you and so then they're like okay well this community is clearly loving and wonderful. That's because you're doing exactly what they want you to do. Okay, they're not loving and wonderful if you'd step outside of that line even a little bit. I know firsthand. But, you know, they're like, "Oh my god, like this is what I need. I'll do anything they ask me to do." Oh, oh, it's wrong to be gay. Okay, great. Great. You know? And people who even are gay are like, "Okay, I guess I'm not gay anymore. I'm just going to pray the gay away." I came from a church like that, a pray the gay away church. It's so sad, and so when I when I see folks like Elon or people throwing shirts at Target, I pity them because they're lacking education. They stopped learning when it came to the human race and gender expression and sexual identity, and the capability, like all of the cool, wonderful combinations of a person's self expression, like. All of the ways that a person can be. I can already hear the pushback. People being like, oh, well, if if everything's okay and you're just here to observe and witness the human race, then you must be okay with murderers. You must be okay with rapists. No. Oh, and then there's this slippery slope conversation like, oh, if... We let men marry men. Where does it end? We're going to have to let men marry their dogs. Or we're going to have to let adults marry children, if that's what you think, if you think people can just do whatever they want. No, you don't get to use examples of lack of consent or abuse or bestiality to discredit somebody's gender expression or sexuality with another consenting adult. Two consenting adult men entering into a relationship has nothing to do bestiality or pedophilia but christianity is the pedophilia thing they drop it into every conversation now oh they're pedophile oh they're groomers like they just say it and it's the end all and it doesn't apply homosexuality has nothing to do with pedophilia they're two different conversations they're not about each other but, but the Christian church is really good at taking one thing and making it about another evil thing and then scaring everybody and basically teaching entire populations of people to bully one another because they've been taught that a drag queen has anything to do with grooming a child. And then more pushback I get, you know, because I want schools to educate about, watch my documentary. It's called Who's Your Teacher? It's linked in my bio. I think that we should change sex education. I think we should take the word sex out of it because that word scares too many people. I think we should call it human relations. I think it's starting kindergarten and I think we should start teaching people about themselves and about gender expression and about sexuality and about the difference between sex and gender and about how you can wear whatever color you want and play with whatever toys you want and express yourself in whatever way you want. And I, I wish we lived in a society that saw how truly harmless it is to let people do that you know, but instead we live in a society that's been brainwashed to believe in this very narrow view of right and wrong because of Christianity or because of religion, okay, rules that people wrote so, 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 so long ago that people have been dead for eons and we still care about their opinion of how we are living our day. <laughs> like They didn't even know what the internet was our lives are so unfathomably different than the people's lives when they wrote these rules <laughs> like it's just so silly that we still think that they apply if we if we use logic we can see that they couldn't possibly still apply with the rate at which everything is changing and you know but christianity disables logic i don't like the thought process that says gay people are choosing pain and transgender people are choosing pain and they're wrong because they're not they're actually choosing the opposite of pain they're choosing to align with what's coming through for them and express themselves in that way and it's the way that others treat them is where the pain comes from like they really we've put them in such an untenable position because when they're performing the gender that other people want them to perform they feel miserable. They feel disconnected from themselves. They feel scared. They feel ashamed. They don't know who they are. It's a confusing existence. But at least other people aren't giving them a hard time for their gender, right? Then when they decide to actually shift and click into what's true for them, now they feel free and they feel aligned and and you know when you're free and you're aligned with what your true purpose is and who you really are like you can do beautiful things in the world for yourself and for others and so they finally get to that point and then society dogpiles them and bullies them to death literally it's just it's so silly that so many people have been brainwashed to care about what the fuck someone is wearing or about who they're having sex with. Again, don't come at me with the, well, what about pedophilia then? Oh, so you don't care if they have sex with animals? Stop. That's not the conversation and you fucking know it. We're talking about adults, consenting adults. And you're also talking when you, when we're talking about children and gender identity and gender affirming care, unless it's your child That is having that experience, you really don't need to dictate what another family is doing with their child. In no other realm of your life are you able to do that. Are you walking over to your neighbors and being like, I don't think you should let your kid watch this show? Like, no, their life isn't yours. You know, like you're allowed to make decisions for your own kids, but you're not allowed to make decisions for what another family should do with their kids. But being gay and being trans has been criminalized by Christianity. And it's just the opposite of that. (laughs) Like, I also, it's so sad when like, like when I was a Christian, and all of my friends were straight Christians, dude, my life sucked so badly. Like, do you know how boring straight people are? If it weren't for gay men, I don't think I would ever come into contact with another man. I would have no hope for the male species. I really wouldn't. Like straight men are typically an absolute nightmare. Straight culture sucks. Men's typical idea of like what masculinity is and isn't sucks. It's damaging. It hurts them and it hurts their partners. There's a great book, on this that you can read if you're curious about the subject of heterosexuality called The Tragedy of Heterosexuality by Jane Ward. And it's incredibly illuminating because it really dissects what we have been generally taught to believe is right and wrong when it comes to what type of relationships you're supposed to have, who they're supposed to be with, and what a quote-unquote woman's role is in a straight relationship with a quote-unquote man, and how harmful, like how actively Cruel, so much of straight culture is, and how much it harms men and women. But we're totally taught to just take it at face value and not question it. And then it's like, oh, homosexuality is where all the problems are. There are so many inherent problems to heterosexual relationships and culture and lifestyle. The book is absolutely fantastic. I recommend it. I will be rereading it. It's that good, it's that eye opening. But like, before I was a person who new gay people before I was allowed to be around gay people I had no idea like how wonderful gay people are and that might sound like such a silly thing to say but it's true for me I was taught to fear you know I was taught Christians are taught that like gay people are possessed by the devil basically and same with trans people and so you you you're taught to not get to know them and to to never to never get close to them I don't know if straight men understand, like, how much gay men are doing for men. Like, if it weren't for gay men, I – I mean, there would be no hope, in my opinion. Straight culture sucks, and it is a culture. You've been taught to behave certain ways. You've been taught to present certain ways. You've been taught to feel certain ways. You probably don't even know how you feel actually half the time part of this exercise in self-wife for me is tuning into how i actually feel about things moving away from christianity moving into an adult life where i'm in charge and where i don't have an abusive authority figure behind my shoulder telling me i'm doing things wrong at any given time this is the first time in my life for the past year that i don't have anybody abusive in my life and i am now getting to figure out who I actually am and how I actually feel and how I identify and what I want. And I have to tell you, I'm surprised by a lot of the things that are coming up because I've never, I've never felt safe to do it before. And I've, I've, I've been afraid, I think, to you know, really listen to myself and, and see what comes up and to, to really discover who I am in really fundamental ways because that discovery was taken from me in my formative years. I was told who I was and I was told who I wasn't. And that shit sticks. And Christians have been told who they are and told who they aren't. But when you don't have religion operating your self-expression or your life, you're actually able to tune into why you're here, what you're here to do, what's coming through you. And what's coming through you and what you're here to do is so much bigger than how you identify gender-wise or who you're having sex with like it really shouldn't be this big of a conversation. We really need to be talking about who people are and how they're living their lives, how they're treating the people in their lives. Like this idea that straight people are inherently blemish free and gay people are sinners is so wrong. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Like, Christians use Christianity as a get-out-of-jail-free card. They really think, like, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm forgiving, so everything I do is right. And it's, like, so the opposite of the truth. I've had the absolute worst times of my entire life because of Christians, at the hand of Christians, under the authority of Christians. I hated myself when I was a Christian. I feared everybody when I was a Christian. And what's sad to me is that, you know, people in the LGBTQIA community, are constantly working on allowing themselves to express themselves in a way that feels genuine and in a way that feels true and in a way that feels pure and they're also constantly punished because of some old fucking dusty ass book it's it's so silly and it breaks my heart and i think often about what can we do about it i mean the barrier between being able to educate kids in school in a human relations course that would teach the full spectrum of gender expression, just like teach what humanity is and not not what it should be, but what it is. Let's talk about it. One of the reasons that Christians are so afraid of people who are not afraid to talk about their sexuality is because Christians are terrified of their sexu- sexuality. I mean, Christians are taught, sex is the most taboo subject in Christianity, in my experience. It's a, a huge no-no. You don't talk about it. You do it when you're married, but even when you do it when you're married, you're not like exploring your sexuality. You're not exploring expression. I highly encourage you to watch the show Planet Sex on Hulu. Cara Delavine hosts it. Specifically, the episode, I believe it's episode four, it's called What's My Gender? It's a fantastic episode. She goes to Oaxaca, Mexico, and she talks about how in Mexico they actually have three genders. They have Male, female, and then they have a gender that's spelled M U X E, which is pronounced Mouche, and that is the non-binary gender. That's the, the they them. And they but they have that established as a culture, and they interview a person who identifies as Mouche, and they say, you know, I was born into a quote unquote girl's body, and I just didn't feel like a girl, but I didn't have to fight for that truth because we have the Mouche identification category here and so I've been Mouche and I am Mouche and you know our society knows about they them pronouns we understand that there are people who don't feel like a man or a woman who are gender non-binary and want to be called they them because she doesn't feel good to them and he doesn't feel good to them and that's totally fine like I wish that it were more part of our culture though to understand that when you have a child that child might not be traditionally male traditionally female like there are a lot of things that happen in the human race intersex intersex is a gender that exists some intersex people have both male and female genitalia some intersex people have partial male genitalia like that is a type of person that exists and so we study it we jot it down we go okay we need a new category of representation for a type of person great and then you move along with your life People with male genitalia who identify as men exist. People with female genitalia who identify as female exist. People with male genitalia who identify as female exist and vice versa. Intersex people who identify as neither, who identify as non-binary exist. Intersex people who identify as male or female exist. It, you know, it's, there are a lot of possible options and that's just true. Look around, read about it. Transgender identity is not new. Homosexuality isn't new. That's why it was written about in the Bible. And the reason that it was written about negatively in the Bible, I believe, is because at the time they were building a society and they needed people to be procreating, okay? And now we have way too many people. We don't need to be procreating anymore. Have sex with who you want, as long as they're an adult and consenting. One of the best things I've ever done for myself and my happiness and my well-being is study and read books about gender identity, about being transgender. Like, I just bought Elliot Page's book. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read about his experience. I'm going to learn from that. You know, I had an uncle. He was complaining about they, them. I don't want to have to learn another word. Everyone says learn another word. Like, you don't know the word they. But he was complaining, like, that's just so much work for me. And... I've got enough to think about. And I said, how about you think about it like this? You can affirm somebody's entire being. You can affirm somebody's identity and make them feel safe and accepted in your presence with the use of a single word, a word that you already know, one syllable a day. You can make somebody feel so safe, and that safety is so needed because we live in a country we live in a world that goes out of its way to make them feel unsafe in almost every environment they step into. If you haven't experienced that, if you don't have an identity, an aspect of your identity that is marginalized, which this uncle doesn't, you don't get to act like saying the word they instead of she or he, all one syllable, by the way, it's not more work. It's just a different word. And you know how to choose different words. You know what speaking is, right? You choose your words, you make a sentence. You don't get to act like saying the word they is oppression on you or something hard that you have to go through. This person is going through their lives wanting to just be what's coming up and be natural for them. And everywhere they turn, they have people being like, no, You're bad. You're wrong. Not only are you bad and wrong, you're evil. Oh, and you must want to harm children. You must want to fuck animals, huh? Because they want to wear what they want to wear. The fact that people like Elon Musk feel like they're being put out by saying they or by learning what cisgender means and learning that they are cisgender. Like, I'm so sorry that this little bit of very easy-to-understand education is hard for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to learn a new thing. I know, Elon Musk, your thing is just swooping in and throwing money at something and then calling it yours. <laughs> and I know that it probably bothers you that you can't buy the human race and dictate what it should and shouldn't be. Because you you have so much money that you're just used to being able to call things yours and make the rules but you can't. You didn't create humanity, you don't have stock in humans. You don't have stock in the universe. Okay? You're not on the board at the universe. I apologize if this was wayward or all over the place. I this is such a big topic for me. It's something I'm thinking about constantly. I'm writing about constantly. I wanted to start talking about it here because It's a part of my life, you know. I would love – I think about how much I suffered because of my lack of education and because of my Christian indoctrination, and I just don't want that. And because I'm an educator, it's like I don't – I can't sit by and watch that be the fate of so many people. Like, kids need to learn in school. Like, there are people that are going to be different than you. There are people who look like they're a boy – Who present more like a girl and that's part of humankind and there are there are people who are going to look like quote unquote a girl physically but present more masculine like i want to educate I, i just think we'd be better off as as a society if we were educated about what is rather than determining what is right and wrong i mean here's the thing if you're gonna fucking Take If you're going to take critical race theory out of school because you're no longer allowed to tell white kids that slavery was wrong, you're no longer – I mean, you've seen that, right? You're not allowed to now make a moral decision or take a moral stance on the subjects you're teaching about. So teachers are now like, well, we'll teach about the Holocaust. We just won't say that it was wrong. Or like, we'll teach about slavery. We just won't make a moral decision about it. We, we won't teach that it was wrong. We're going to have to let the kids decide that. Great. Then I want that same thinking applied to gender expression and sexuality. You don't get to cherry pick. If you're no longer making moral judgments, then you're not allowed to make a moral judgment about somebody's gender or sexuality either. That's what I would say to conservatives who don't want to teach critical race theory and who don't want to teach kids that there are things that we do as people to one another that are really, really terrible. I don't have, obviously, a solution for this. Does anybody? No. But I can talk about it, and I can do what I can in this lifetime to try to improve education. That's, like, the one maybe little bit of sway that I have, is I have my voice, and I have my experiences, and I – I was a fundamentalist Christian and I believed all that shit. I mean, I had to, but I did. I mean, I guess I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to ask yourself if your mindset and your belief systems are bringing you peace and if they have you firmly planted in a headspace of curiosity and wanting to learn. Or do they make you superior to others And are they very exclusionary? Because when you have a superiority belief system, an exclusionary belief system, like you're not living life to the fullest. You're not. There's so much more joy and wonderment and awe and happiness available to you when you expand your mind beyond the one belief system that you've been taught is the only way. I promise you it's not the only way. Religion is man-made. Religion is valuable sometimes and in a lot of ways, okay? Your religion isn't the only one. Your religion is very similar to most of the other ones in a lot of ways, too, which is something you might not know if you've only ever practiced one way of thinking. But, hey, we're here for a while. If you get bored, explore another religion. Explore another thought process. Watch Planet Sex, the gender episode. Read The Tragedy of Heterosexuality. Just explore. Get some new ideas flowing. Challenge whether or not you want to believe what you've been told you have to believe. Does it really work for you? Do you like it? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel excited about life? Do you feel open to life or do you feel the opposite of all of those things? If you feel the opposite of all those things, if you feel hateful and scared and shut down and insecure and angry, When other people express themselves differently than you and angry when when people are maybe not ashamed of expressing their sexuality, which is something that a lot of Christians have an issue with. If, If somebody expressing themselves fully really, really bothers you, look at that for you. Like, is there a part of yourself that you feel like you want to express? Anyway. It's a big topic. I wanted to talk about it so i come to you merely with musings and with my own experience and with thoughts and with desires and i don't have any answers unfortunately yet i mean to me an answer would be improving education would be putting a human relations course in every grade level so that kids could learn that being gay or being transgender is just part of the human experience a lot of topics are complicated that's what school is for this topic gender expression, and the fact that there aren't just two genders, but maybe there could be more than two categories, it's fine. We can handle it. Okay? They're still changing how they teach math in school, and the new method is complicated because it's totally different than the old method. The way that you teach math now in public school is totally different than how it was taught like 10 years ago. We changed it. We teach it in a new way now. It's fine. Everything's complicated. Everything. Okay? We can handle it. We can handle complications. We can handle spectrums. We can. We're multifaceted beings. Okay. I think if I don't stop talking now, I'll just keep going forever. Follow the show on Spotify. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review. I saw today that it has on Spotify a five-star rating, which means somebody must have reviewed. I'm not looking at any of that stuff, by the way. I'm really just focusing on the podcast and doing it well and improving. So I truly don't know (laughs) how many subscribers there are or if people have reviewed or not. But at some point, I will look into that. At some point, I'll be ready to take in that information. But I am. I continue to be thrilled with the DMs that I've been getting about the show. Thank you so much. It is my fuel. I love that this is speaking to people and that anyone's getting anything from it. And uh, if you'd like to subscribe to my Patreon, it's five twenty eight a month. And I have a lot of stuff on there, including the video versions of these. And, uh, okay. That's my Pride Month episode. I know that the topics branched off into varying directions. Also, I hope you like my new intro music. I wanted to find something that incorporated ASMR. And not only did I, I found a song that incorporates ASMR and the glockenspiel. So I hope you liked that. I'll see you